Welcome to the Court of Valets. It has been 45 days since I have seen the sun. With me today is Joe. Hello. And Muse. Hello. In this episode, we are going to be talking about off-the-rack comics. Basically, it's a mystery issue episode where each of us were given the chance to read a comic we've either been wanting to read or that we just have never heard of before. So it was a little bit of a challenge to find things for some of us. For comic quarters like me, <laughs> I mean, I just have so many unread comics. <laughs> so I just went to my little unread box and pulled out one of mine, which we'll talk about in a second. So with that out of the way, let's get this started. Joe, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Mine was on my list to read. It is from Image Comics. It is called Olympia, written by Kurt and Tony Pyers, and the art is by D. Kniff and Alex Diotto. It's a comic book character that crash lands on our Earth, which I feel like this concept has been done a couple times before. I know for a fact it's been done in DC with Superboy Prime. Because before Flashpoint, our Earth in the DC Universe was called Earth Prime. But anyway, it focuses on this hero named Olympian. He lives on New Olympus. He's fighting his bad guy that wants to thwart his throne. And then it cuts to this boy reading the comic book. And then all of a sudden, Olympian crash lands right next to him. Overall, I really did not like this book right from page 3 or 4. Because this kid just seems so unfazed by everything around him like your favorite comic book character of all time just crashed from the sky right in front of you and all you can say is like oh are you okay you know exactly who he is but you're not paying any attention to that he's badly injured or whatever and you're like hold on i'm gonna go get you some help but i have to be in bed before my mom comes home just stay here okay i'll come right back <laughs> So I'm thinking, like, okay, it's like Iron Giant. He's going to go pretend he's asleep, and then he's going to go back. He's going to go help the guy have an overnight adventure or something. No. He goes home. He pretends to be asleep for his mom, goes and gets the medicine, and then goes back to his bed and goes to sleep. <laughs> and then he wakes up the next morning and goes to school. And <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> Because he had a test that he really needed to study for. <laughs> While his favorite comic book character crash landed in a park right next to him and still lying there unconscious <laughs> because he's injured. Dang. And priorities. It also really had some pretty shoddy humor. Like that classic humor where somebody's like dozing off in class or whatever and then they just say the like the most random thing that they were probably daydreaming of right. when they get snapped out of it. Well, this kid is daydreaming about Olympian fighting some monster, and then the teacher snaps him out of it, and then he's like, Kelly Clarkson! Oh, gosh. <laughs> Yikes. Ugh. Cringe-worthy. I felt embarrassed for that. <laughs> then this kid goes back to the hero, Gives him one pill of Vicodin and then lays there next to his hero for hours until the hero finally wakes up. And then the hero, he even sounds like Thor. He's like, what was that that you gave me? He's like, Vicodin? I shall fill the halls of New Olympus with this Vicodin. It'll last for a thousand years. 
and then for another thousand more. The kid, he's just like, okay, so are you all right? Like, again, like just talking to this guy completely unfazed by everything that's going on. Has he not even fanboyed over this? Nothing. Yeah, he's like a huge comic book fan. I'm sorry, it's more realistic if he starts fanboying and squeeing over this guy. And then Olympian just being confused, like, why is this small child freaking out in front of me? Ah, he must be impressed by the fact that I am a god. That's funnier. Go with that. This is not just like a fictional character that he reads. This is his favorite fictional character. This is as if I was in a park and then all of a sudden Superman crashed right next to me. I would not be just, you okay, Clark? Like, <laughs> been like <gasps> Superman! And then you just I would be like, freaked out like a child. Exactly. You're in your 20s and you still would have freaked out like a child. I hopefully questioned your sanity a little bit. Oh yeah, that would have been the first, like, what the hell is going on? Is there something being filmed? But still, regardless, I would be freaking out. Not just this, like, completely unfazed kid. Oh, goodness. And then the hero also knows about Earth and even says, Oh, I would never come to this planet by choice because New Olympus is superior compared to Earth. So he tries to open a portal back to New Olympus with this magic sword and he's still not strong enough. Go figure because he got to make a story out of this thing. And then... Some bad guys, I guess, also came through the portal that Olympian came from. Once again, this unfazed kid, he's like, Olympian, I think other people came too. And he points behind him, and then Olympian <laughs> has to go fight them all. <laughs> afterwards, he's like, so what do you remember? Like, what happens afterwards? And like, I don't know, because Olympian, for some reason, can't remember anything that happened after this last issue that the kid read so the kid tries to go to the comic book shop but that's where the comic ends they give you like a three-page preview into the next issue basically he just goes to the comic shop reads the next issue and then that was it hmm. overall it's just very like eh so would you read the next one to find I out what happens would not i honestly don't care enough Aww. It's a good concept. I mean, it's been done before. I would not mind reading a concept like that. I mean, you can even compare it to shows and anime like Fate Stay Night, I think it's called. We have like these characters and heroes coming from legends and history. Like it's kind of the same concept. They're in modern day world. Yeah, and those people react better, but at the same time, most of them know they're summoning these yeah. heroes and the ones that don't freak out. They're like, this lady in armor just popped out of the floor and is calling me master what the hell <laughs> mm -hmm. and then this guy too also with olympian the fact that he's like i need to get back to new olympus i will scorch this entire planet if i have to in order to get back to it. oh so our heroes are likable is what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> we can empathize with them they're All relatable right. cool <laughs> great they really just hit every button, didn't they? They really tried to get Self off that checklist. <laughs> so if you had to rate this out of like 10 stars, what would you give it? Out of 10 stars, I'd give it like a, I don't know, like a 4 out of 10. Four? Okay, so 4 whole stars. Are you just giving those away for nothing? Because it sounded like you didn't like anything about this. You must have liked something. I mean, like, I like the concept. I feel like if I really was a little bit more interested, I would continue reading. 
because I would want to see, is this guy going to become more well-known? Because other people read this comic book, I'm sure, they would be able to pinpoint this hero. And then again, like, are you going to have this situation where he's going to have to live with the kid and have to wear civilian clothes and not his gold-plated armor and carry his giant sword around? But at the same time, it's like, the dialogue's fine, but it's just the kid's attitude towards the whole situation is what takes me off the story. Yeah. Because you have this comic-obsessed kid, and he's talking to his favorite character as if he just met him off the street. Honestly, though, even if he wasn't his favorite character, a superhero landing, even a person, just say an yeah. astronaut, you don't even know the guy, landed in your backyard, who would react that way? That's so insane. You would be freaking <laughs> out. You would at least call the police or get him some help. get an ambulance yeah. or something. You wouldn't be like, hold on, I'll be right back. And then not only have at least, like, let's say six hours of sleep on top of an eight-hour school day and then come back after that. I just heard a roast about A Christmas Night. The idea of a very sexy night from the Middle Ages is forced into the modern-day world. This is like that fish-out-of-water thing. Like Sleepy Hollow or mm -hmm. um, that old-timey romance one where some lord appears in the current era and then the woman has to be yeah. like that trope yeah yeah <laughs> and it's so bad but yeah. the reactions at least like this is such a low bar to hit can't believe they shimmied under it you're either gonna freak out if you're a child or be really skeptical as an adult being like this is weird yeah <laughs> not to mention all the mangas and animes that are like Oh, someone from the distant past is here. And of course, they don't look like those ugly men from the pictures. They're all super pretty. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like with Fate Stay Night, like you have Arthur Pendragon, who's a woman. Mm -hmm. right. There's a lot of gender bent, but most of them are like male to female because I think there's a lot of male historical figures and well-known male right. heroes. And to kind of at least balance the scales of male characters to female characters, you have to gender bend some of them. I think my point here, Joe, is that you're being a little too nice by saying, I like the premise. <laughs> because... You think it should be even less? <laughs> Considering you just roasted yeah. this so hard. The premise is everywhere. And we ten. haven't seen a terrible movie do worse than this. <laughs> I think Harley Quinn was more enjoyable than whatever the heck this is. Uh, I don't know. Let's, let's not push it there. Kidding. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. <laughs> And then, I don't know, there seemed to be, like, something diving more with, like, these two officers that were on the scene, that there was a crash report or something like that. So, you know, if they rock, paper, scissors to see who's going to go investigate it. Oh. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. But then it turned out to be, like, the bad guy that Olympian was fighting. Because, you know, it's more like, oh, what's going to happen next issue? Are they going to play Jax? <laughs> but, yeah, maybe I was too generous. Okay, so in an unstructured way, in a general sense, your opinion is, do better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, this actually makes me feel good inside, because a lot of times I think, I have an idea, I want to write it down, but then I'm like, no, no, that's stupid. But then I remember, even stupid premises can have a really interesting telling that saves it, and vice versa. <laughs> Even stupid plot get a following. Yeah. We have seen it multiple occasions. There's a lot that goes into popular books besides talents. Let's be real. 
besides that writing, the art also just seemed weird. Mm-hmm. Based off of the bit that I looked up. Well, it was a mix of like oldish comics because like you kind of see like that dot paper uh, yeah. thing and like the classic style that Olympian is drawn in. But then again, like you have like that color palette that's similar to something is killing the children. Mm. This came out in November and it's up to four issues now. Mm. I don't know if it's because it was a miniseries or because of the whole publication thing being on hold right now. Mm. So I'm glad I cleared a spot off my comic list <laughs> so I can give something else a shot instead. I'm Throw sorry. Throw that into the note bin. <laughs> it didn't quite live up to your expectations. No, it was actually let down. I was very disappointed in it because I was looking forward to reading it. So I'm going to steal up to mine. As a palate cleanser, I did Ruin World. It's a cute little comic from Kaboom that was sitting in my long box, and I was like, I'll read it eventually. I just got it for the art, because the art looks great. It looks like it was created by an animator or a game designer. It looks a little bit like promo art for something that Tell is putting out. I don't know. It's cute. So I was like, this is beautiful. I want this. I'll read it later. And then I proceeded to not read it for like two years. I don't know when this came out. <laughs> it's just sitting there. So it was written and drawn by Derek Lofman. This guy's been in the industry for like 18 years. He got out of Sheridan. He went into games. He's good people, in my opinion. That's always a good place to start. It's not like somebody showed up and was like, I'm going to draw comics now. I have a, a ballpoint pen. I got some paper. I got a pull. It's a guy who his art is just lovely and very consistent, which is rare in comics. <laughs> but not rare in animations. He's on every social media, so you should totally follow Derek Lofman because his art is super good. Now that I'm done like praising him all over the place, let me get into the story. So this is basically a retelling of probably one of his D&D sessions, let's be real. <laughs> Everybody and their mom does D&D now, and then they have to make a story about it. It's a new thing. You have to have a show, you have to have a podcast. Listen, I love that people are using their imaginations and they're trying out new stories, but at the end of the day, most of them are the same story, and I don't need to have a comic about it, but it's not for me. This is aimed at a much younger audience. It's from Kaboom, after all. So you should be looking at 12-year-olds and being like, do you like this? Is this for you? And I didn't have a 12-year-old handy, so you're going to have to <laughs> listen to me, I guess. I mean, you can be like, oh, it's D&D, or you can be like, oh, it's like Adventure Time, or maybe like Borderlands, <laughs> because you got these vault hunters. It is a pig and a cat-fox hybrid. Their names are Pogo the pig and Rex the brave and snotty fox, who is <laughs> a great swordsman. Whereas the pig, basically his backstory is that he grew up listening to his grandpappy's stories of wild adventures. And he wants to be an adventure too, but he's kind of like piglet at heart. He's like, oh, poo-poo-poo, you look <laughs> in the vault, I'll be out here, I'll wash the dishes. And at this point, like in the beginning of the story, Rex had it. And he's like, nope, you're going to check out this vault yourself, or it was a keep, you know, a tower. He's like, check out the tower. I'm going to stay out here and keep watch, which means nap. So, of course, you know, as soon as the cowardly person goes alone, there's going to be something super big. Mm -hmm. So he goes in. He accidentally and comedically releases a giant demon with, like, mad tentacles, and Rex has to fight it off for him. 
they just have like these little slapstick moments that are just very silly like Rex being like I can't get this box open I broke my favorite sword if only I had a skeleton key and of course Pogo has one because mm-hmm. he stole it but I didn't think of using it until now and so, <laughs> then you see Rex go why I oughta and um, that's that kind of like childish very simplistic mm-hmm. humor but it's Looney it's Tunes sweet. humor yeah and it's very well drawn it's just lovely they get taken advantage of of course by a scavenger and then i hear in the next one there's going to be an additional female character that joins the crew and they go on all these mad adventures to different things different places there's a treasure chest this place called trader town which you know has thugs and whatnots and they built up this world where it's just very rich it's full of animal characters everyone's an animal of some kind and they're all very well drawn they're all very interesting but it's definitely for kids (laughs) (laughs) so i gotta say i love it like originally it was meant for an adult audience he said so he was saying like it was originally like the the cute little pig was a boar the fox was like stringier and had a bow and arrow instead okay so that's basically the story i'm trying to like think of something bad to say because normally that's my jam is like yeah things so t- far i'm the cynical in this episode right <laughs> <laughs> just pull it down but honestly like, it feels more like a game like it would be a mm. really cute game for kids to play because it's a little light on the story there's not a lot going on so far but it could just be getting its legs he's not primarily a writer he is an artist first and foremost so mm-hmm. it sounds like he's sort of getting up and running but for what it is it's not bad at all i think it as an animated thing or, or a game just have a little extra to the medium would make it really cool so i hope it does well i hope that it gets sort of a resurgence because i think it's finished i think the miniseries was only like five uh, issues it came out in 2018 when i checked mm-hmm. i don't know how often it updated though mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a, you know, written and drawn. Whenever I see that, I'm like, go for it, man. That's the good stuff. I loved it. I would not keep reading it because <laughs> I just don't care. It's it's so, <laughs> it's so middle of the road story-wise, but I think kids would really love it. And mm-hmm. I think it's just gorgeous. What would you rate it? Eight out of ten. It was that good? I mean, it didn't have any. But you wouldn't continue it. reading it? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much of a kid's comic. Right. I'm yeah. guessing that's why. But It's not for my age group, but as an objective viewer, I can see that it's good. You're one of the few that can announce that. Because there's a lot of people that will say, this isn't my demographic, but they would try to get the story to change to their demographic. Uh... Right? It's... <sighs> You know, honestly, like, I've critiqued things like this before where I'm dealing with children's media and I'm seeing people go, well, it's a kid's thing. It doesn't have to be good. And you're like, yes, it does. Kid's stuff has to be especially good because you are going to have this child who's going to read this over and over and over again, or they're going to have an adult read it to them. And that Mm -hmm. adult has to not want to claw their own eyeballs out. (laughs) You have to be thinking of the whole package here. Also... (laughs) Just because it's children's media does not mean you get to skirt around quality. This is quality. It's just very simplistic. And I mm. think for someone who is overwhelmed with the D&D trope, I would say like, I can't find anything new here or intriguing so far. 
I was going to say, because it kind of reminds me of the DC's young animal, the Doom Patrol, one that you showed me. Because that had a very D&D trope to it also. Everything has a D&D trope. Honestly, I think if I had to pick something that's as close to D&D, but as far away from it as possible, it would be um, Amethyst. Do you remember that thing they did with DC for a while where they would have those tiny little... They were like mini cartoons in between the bigger cartoons. Yeah, the shorts. And they had like that little mini series with Amethyst. Mm-hmm. Princess of Gemworld. Yeah. Yeah. And it was so cute. And it was like, oh no, I've gotten sucked into a video game. Oh, now I have to do all these quests. But it was self-aware, it was fast-paced, and it Mm -hmm. added stuff where you learn a lesson along the way. And I kind of get these characters, but I don't see them as having enough substance to them to make their journey inherently interesting. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's necessarily like something that dooms it. You just, think it would just be another like casual read even for the younger kids? Yeah, I think it's eye-catching. I think it'll be fun for them to read through. There's nothing offensive about it. Listen, the bar for comics is so low. <laughs> this is real quality. But They'll just take what they can get right now. <laughs> I just don't want to read it myself. And that is okay. So I still say it out of 10. I'm sticking with it. Muse, save me. Tell me about <laughs> yours. Okay. So mine's the oldest out of all of ours. Mine was published back in 2015. I struggled trying to find something because I'm more mainstream and I'm still so new to comics. So I went to my friend who is kind of my expert on a lot of literature stuff and she told me this was the first indie comic she picked up. I decided I'm going to cover Toil and Trouble. The writer is Marguerite Scott and the artists are Kelly and Nicole Matthews. So two sisters and Boom, of course, published this. The best description is this kind of like an alternate retelling of Shakespeare's Macbeth, told from the perspective of one of the three witches that you see at the very beginning of the play. But it starts out right before Act 1 even happens in Macbeth. First issue does. Afterwards, I have a feeling it's going to continue on the story of Macbeth. And you actually kind of see the battle that they mention at the very beginning of Macbeth, where he comes back victorious. And you actually get to see, like, Macbeth training with his friend and his mentor as they're getting ready for battle. And you see the witches, like, one of them, she goes to meet up with her other sisters, the other two witches. And their designs are incredible. Instead of just being like, hmm they're hags or they're in like witch outfits they are very natural her sister kind of seems to have like bone protrusions kind of coming from her arms and they have familiars which is kind of interesting the other sister has um like antlers that come out of her head that look like they're kind of a wood aesthetic Mm -hmm. and the other sister is very avian like um she actually turns into a bird they can actually transform into other animals their familiars can change into other animals the art is so cool there's like a prophecy, and it's a very different prophecy than the one that's well known in Macbeth, where he becomes the tragic hero due to his own fault and greed of power. And instead, this prophecy is Macbeth is actually supposed to die on the battlefield. Prince Malcolm is actually to return victorious. We know if you've read Macbeth, Macbeth comes back victorious from defeating the leader of the opposing side, and everything spirals down from there. The one sister that you see kind of has a bit of a sympathy for Macbeth. Uh, She was pretending to be his nursemaid to kill his father because they're the witches that make sure and control nature. And it's kind of interesting, but I will say one of the problems is the beginning is really slow. I had a hard time kind of getting into it. There was a lot of monologuing from her perspective. 
it really does require some background knowledge of Macbeth, and I am very fuzzy because it's been since, like, middle or high school since I have read any excerpts from Macbeth. But, yeah, it's mostly from her perspective. You see her following Macbeth around. She has sympathies for him to the point where she changes the course of history, even though she's supposed to make sure that he doesn't win. And instead, she kind of takes over his body at the last minute as he's about to be slain, having him pick up his sword in a last-ditch effort and kills the guy. And that's where the story ends. So I have a feeling the rest of the issues are going to be paralleling the stories of Macbeth, but in a way where it's not his fault. A lot of the events that transpire because it seems like because of him knowing the prophecy in the play he kind of dooms himself and instead it's because of the red-haired witch manipulating stuff and trying to protect him throughout all of this she has unfortunately doomed him to his fate i hope it still ends with him kind of dreading because i think it would lose a lot of its impact as the story but changing the entire story of macbeth yeah but if you keep macbeth as the same story but change small events like this one just being like oh mm. he was supposed to die but instead she has doomed him to a worse fate by allowing him to live and because right. of this and the wheel of fate has doomed him to something worse and now they have to see his downfall instead of just him dying on the battlefield and they set up some stuff especially with prince malcolm he's supposed to take over after his father but he's a bit of a jerk he's pompous he's never seen battle he thinks that everything will be given to him on a silver platter and i think that there's gonna be some conflict with that as well but the art is beautiful in this series the sisters draw very well the distinct differences between the sisters and also how their magic is drawn like dip her hands into their heads to change their fate or give them ideas of certain things the other sister is causing malignant maladies on them and they're just walking through because they're not seen by mortals mm -hmm. but the only thing as i mentioned that it was kind of slow to begin with regardless of having background knowledge or not of a pre-existing thing maybe should give a little more context as to what's going on the only thing based off of how the main character is interacting and her sympathies for Macbeth, I was like, please don't make her fall in love or something along those lines with him. <laughs> Just it's kind of making it seem like that because she was really worried for him. She's always loved him, but she can never have him. Oh, I yeah. hate those. Yeah. <laughs> Because she already did this act out of just her own selfishness. So we'll see where that goes. Yeah, she blames herself for the death of his father because she was the one that caused it to cause him to go down this path. I think she wanted him to grow up to be a strong warrior when she was told by her sister he has to die. It kind of hurt her inside because she's like, I've already caused enough trouble for this guy. No, that makes sense. I love that concept. And the art is beautiful. I just looked it up and holy cow, those layouts, so creative. It's great. I would definitely rate this series, especially from the first issue, about a 6.5 out of 10. I can't give it a full 7 and I'm not going to put it in super mediocre land at about a 6. I might continue reading this. I need to go brush up on my Macbeth before I do so. Get those cliff notes. Maybe continue it. I would recommend it if you like Shakespeare, you've read Macbeth, are interested in something fantasy. I don't like Macbeth, but I do know it, and I like Shakespeare, and I like good art, and this looks awesome, so I'm definitely going to read this. <laughs> it sounds interesting enough. We'll see how she reacts towards the queen, if the trope is possible or not. <laughs> I feel like she's not going to come out of this a saint like her husband. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that is awesome. Thank you so much for sharing those, you guys. That's wonderful. So I've already learned about two new things. They weren't on my radar at all. Honestly, neither was Ruin World because I totally forgot I had it. So this has been really <laughs> great. <laughs> Honestly, three new stories I wasn't playing on reading this week. So I quite enjoyed this session. This is probably my favorite one so far. <laughs> I mean, it was fun to just find like a random one that wasn't DC or Marvel. So it's really ironic that we didn't even think like, okay, let's try to have every perspective on this. Like, it's like, mm, I'm not going to continue reading it. But it was a really good series. Joe was like, mm, no. And I was just like, this is great. Well, I think that's awesome. Yeah, I'm glad we didn't all pick duds this week. I was kind of worried we might. I was also worried that we were all just going to pick all these great series. We'd be like, why have we been reading DC and Marvel all these years? <laughs> these are so much better. I'd be happy to do one that's just all IPs or existing IPs, cool. you know? Or we even like... Week a 90s theme of things from your childhood that are now comics or a horror one like read something scary <laughs> if you do horror I'm, I'm no neither of you are into horror i'm the only horror reader the only horror thing that i actually liked was another that was a japanese series i'm gonna get you guys to read farmhand one of these days well thank you both of you and thank you to our audience for listening to us go through all of this we so appreciate you guys that's all we have for today i hope you enjoyed it as always you can follow us on twitter and instagram at court of Alex. let us know which comics you want us to cover next week or if you have a specific genre in mind and make sure to stay up to date with our latest episodes by subscribing to the podcast on anchor apple google spotify pocket Casts, breaker radio public or anywhere else you may listen to your podcasts Bye. Take care.